Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, I want to begin this next segment by asking you a question, but please don't answer out loud if your spouse or live-in mate is within earshot. And here's the question to both you and your long-term spouse or romantic mate still experience extreme pleasure every time the two of you make love and here's why i ask research suggests that nearly a quarter of american heterosexual women are markedly distressed about their sex lives and well ladies i hate to be so frank but a lot of us men are less than uh, greatly fulfilled also and for many of us at middle age once we've been married or in a romantic relationship for years both men and women, what started out as steamy lovemaking has become downright stale and even boring for you, your partner, or perhaps for both of you. And uh, sure, you still love your husband or wife. You just, uh, she just, or he just doesn't turn you on, and you don't turn each other on the way you used to. And sadly, it may be putting strain on your total relationship. And if this situation describes you, or perhaps a dear couple whom you know well, you've come to the right place because my next guest is one of the nation's top sex therapists, Stephen Snyder, M.D., and he's here to tell us how we can have what he labels ridiculously great sex with your spouse or life partner, no matter how long the two of you have been together. In fact, he's written a book about it, and Dr. Stephen Snyder, M.D., is a sex and relationship therapist in Manhattan, and he's an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at the Icon School of Medicine. He's been listed as a New York Magazine Best Doctor since 2012. He's been featured on NBC's Today Show and Newsweek and many other publications. And he's author of the brand new book, Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. And hello, Dr. Snyder. As we spring into spring, the season of love, it's a great time to have you with us here today. <laughs> Timing is very, very good. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for having me. Happy to be on the show and to speak to your listeners. Well, the title of your book's introduction is called Your Wife's Not a Lawnmower. And you go exactly. on to describe a married couple who came in for therapy whose foreplay reminded you of a suburban neighbor from your youth who was trying <laughs> to start up his gas-powered mower. And what's the parallel? And what's lacking in this lawnmower approach to sex? Okay. You know, I talk to, to a lot of guys in my office, and I say, when you touch your wife's body, yeah. Are you doing it for your pleasure or for hers? Oh. And they all say, well, for hers, of course. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to touch her for her pleasure so she'll enjoy it, and then you can move down between her legs and touch her in a certain way that she'll really enjoy, and then she'll get wet, and then you can have sex. And that's uh, what a lot of guys are told that they should be doing. And I, in the beginning of the book, I talk about sitting with a couple where this guy is doing exactly that. And I say, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. And he goes, why not? I go, because, first of all, there's no passion in it. 
Yeah. It's all goal-oriented. And one of the points I make in the book is you shouldn't really do sex to have a goal. Whenever no, you attach a sex to goal, you end up in trouble. The reason is because the sexual self, this part of your mind that gets involved with sex, is very, very young. It's like two years old. It doesn't understand goals at all. <laughs> and you don't want it to grow old either. <laughs> it can't grow old. It can't grow old. It, it basically it uh, it either gets satisfied and is happy or it's not satisfied and it has a tantrum and then it goes and sulks in the corner. Yeah. Well, in your book's promotion, you offer an unconventional antidote. Most sex advice these days boils down to giving your partner pleasure, as we just right. mentioned, but it's much more important to make sure that your partner enjoys you. And what uh, do you mean by that statement, and what's the best way to uh, make ourselves more enjoyable to our spouse? Well, that's exactly it. Everybody falls back into that to make yourself more enjoyable to your spouse. Um, the way to do it is for each person to take responsibility for their own enjoyment. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Everybody's getting responsible for their own enjoyment. So the couple I was talking about where he finally gets this memo that his wife is not a lawnmower and it's not just a question of starting her up, <laughs> instead he should touch her body for his pleasure Oh. and really, really give her body his full attention. Most women really, really like that. They really, really like uh, foreplay for that reason, because yeah. it's the one time a woman can have her husband's full attention, when he's not thinking about anything else and he's just really focused on her. Yeah, what a difference between having love where you know the uh, your partner is really intrigued by what uh, you are offering and rather than you know professional sex where you're paying somebody and it's just a mechanical type thing that, uh, exactly because and w one of the things is your wife really wants you to enjoy her yeah she really really wants her body to to give you pleasure and for you to be enjoying her uh, one might say riches and isn't that interesting and, because you're talking about narcissist as you call it narcissistic validation feeling absolutely. good about yourself and uh, Making your partner feel good makes you feel real good as well. Absolutely. I, I, I'm really pleased to talk to you about this because it's clear you really got it from reading the book. Um, sex, I always say, is fundamentally narcissistic, and I mean yeah. that in the best possible way. Because, you know, pathological narcissism is somebody who needs unlimited praise and is just very uh, gets very enraged if they get slighted and they're very yeah. controlling. Healthy narcissism is like what kids are like. They just want what they want, and they're very, they're very honest about it. And sexually, we're all really, really like that. Yeah, I love how you tell us to get fully aroused. We need to be dumb and happy or silly Absolutely. and distracted. Silly, distracted, and goofy. I like to hear a couple of giggles in the office. Yeah. That way I know we're in the right ballpark. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, oh, okay. well, Part one of your book, Love Worth Making, is titled Your Sexual Self. Uh -huh. By definition, what is our sexual self, and how does it relate to the rest of who we are? Okay, the sexual self is that part of yourself that when you have really good sex goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's where I live, that's where I am, that's who I am. And that part of yourself is very young and very immature and doesn't understand really goals or anything. I see. And all it wants to do is just enjoy and be enjoyed and be told that it's wonderful. 
and to be the center of the universe to somebody else and to have somebody else be the center of your universe. It's really, really like a regression to a state of infancy. You know, if you watch a couple having sex, really good sex, yeah. um, which we don't really get to watch very often because, you know, <laughs> porn is all about camera angles. It's not really yeah. about good sex. Crap. A couple having good sex, there's a little bit of a kind of an infantile quality there's a lot of, you know, kind of out-of-focus, dreamy state of mind yeah. and a fusion of physical and emotional experience that you really don't find very much outside of infancy. But as adults, yeah. we go back there. Yeah. Well, you interestingly, you say that the sexual self is uh, rather limited in its uh, verbalization and only knows how to say yes and no. Absolutely. And a, vocabulary is very, very limited. Yeah. If it's not if happy... After 20 years of marriage, your sexual self begins telling you no, uh, the same person that you've been with and you plan to spend the rest of your life with, what yeah. do you do if it goes from yes to no, that uh, sexual self? Well, it's very interesting because I say you should be prepared that in every marriage there will be times when it goes to no. Oh, okay. And yeah, there's times, um, obviously. There are times when it goes to no, and the main thing is not to freak out. Yeah. Because if you freak out, then you ruin the whole thing. Yeah, you were because talking about a lady that uh, came in, and uh, she was all turned on by her husband in the living room, but when she walked into the uh, bedroom, that sexual self always said no. It absolutely said self no, and, and the reason, um, and I'll be careful how I phrase this because we are on the radio and I assume this is a family station, yeah. um, <laughs> the reason is that um, her partner, actually her husband, yeah. um, was emphatically trying to give her a climax. Oh, I see. And that wasn't an easy thing for her to do. So what her sexual self experienced was a feeling of pressure and demand to come up with something and to do something that wasn't yeah. so easy for her to do. And in the process, it made her feel very bad, so she withdrew. And that made him feel bad about himself because he couldn't accomplish this thing of uh, uh, giving her a climax. Yeah. It's his own version of making her into a lawnmower. And so her sexual self said, uh-oh, I don't like what's going to happen when we go from the living room into the bedroom. Yeah. And so the major thing you tell a person in that situation is two things. you got to tell your husband, do not try to make me climax. Yeah. And the other is you say, let's just stay in the living room. Yeah, let's get that intellect out of the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because we're we're getting in our own way. Yeah. Well, it seems these days so many married folks are having uh, – Affairs outside of marriage, presumably to satisfy sexual desires not being fulfilled at home. But can great sex survive monogamy? I know you have a chapter in your book on that subject. Yes, can can sex survive monogamy is very important because uh, uh, a lot of people don't know how to do it. First yeah. of all, they don't know how to have really good sex within yeah. a, uh, a relationship. Yeah. And second of all, they get misled by stuff in the media because the media is very fixated on what's new and innovative. And so uh, I, was, I was recently on the Today Show with Megyn Kelly, and they were oh. talking about threesomes and foursomes and that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> now, that's going to get airtime on the Today Show oh, yeah, because it's new and it's innovative. <laughs> and unfortunately, most sex writers talk about the newest, most innovative thing. How about this position? How about whips and chains? How about Fifty Shades of Gray? And all that oh, kind of brother. stuff because it's new. The yeah. only problem is things don't stay new forever. 
<laughs> and the sexual mind being like a small child, you know, it gets a toy for Christmas, it plays with it for a week, and then it throws it in the corner. Yeah. So you have to have some way of dealing with that infantile part of your mind that is always going to say, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And the way to do it is just be gentle with it. And you know that it, sure, it wants novelty. Of course it does. But you have to kind of be a good parent to your sexual child and just say, no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, We're just going to be with where we are. And I'll tell you what we're going to do differently. We're going to take away goals. It's not going to be about climax. It's not going to be about trying to make it hot. It's not going to be about trying to keep desire or get desire. We just want to be in bed, in the moment, without judgment, and just tune in to our emotions and our senses. Yeah. And if a couple does that for five minutes before they go make love, it's much, much better. Yeah, and they aren't any time pressure. We've got a, you know, I've got a meeting in half five an minutes. hour. So yeah, <laughs> five minutes is okay. I think most couples can do that for five minutes. And actually, you can do it for one minute. Yeah. You can do it for one minute as long as you're not requiring yourself to have sex afterwards. Yeah, but in the kitchen or on the way out the door in the morning or uh, just before you go to bed at night, there's no reason you can't get a little hot and bothered yeah. um, with the understanding that it's not for sex. It's just to enjoy feeling a little excited just for its own sake. I yeah, use the, mnemonic, the mnemonic in my uh, in my practice, Fios, uh, like oh. Verizon Fios, for its own sake. Yeah. So yeah. it's just for its own sake, just because it feels good. Yeah, that's that's such a great thing. Well, let's talk a bit about your great new book, Love Worth Making. Uh, for over 30 years, uh, you've been a highly successful as a sex and relationship therapist. What inspired you to take time away from your busy practice and professional life to uh, write and publish your brand new book? Well, I spent many years as the chairman of the Consumer Book Award Committee for the Society for Sex Therapy and Research, which is my home society. And I really, really couldn't find a book that I really liked. Mm. You know, a lot of them had their merits, and they all did something. You know, there's truth in every to everyone's story, yeah. but I couldn't find any book that really dealt in depth with the subject of sexual feelings. Oh, I see. And I decided, you know what, somebody should write a book about sexual feelings. And I looked and looked and looked and looked, and I couldn't find one. Yeah, and that's, your book oh, that's number is one. unlike all these books that out there are talking about techniques and formulas. And yeah, stuff my like book has there's no pictures, and there's no science, <laughs> and there's no research studies or anything. It's all feelings. You know, you, you read the book, you either say, yeah, yeah, he's right, or you don't. Yeah. I can't prove it to you. Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, really, every as you point out, every person's individual um, sexual desires are based on emotions, and it's pretty tough to generalize that. And uh, Absolutely. might be a great method for one is not for the other. Well, where's the best place to go to preview and purchase your book, Love Worth Making? It's very easy. On the Internet, loveworthmaking.com is a landing page that has links to various places where you can buy the book and you can select where you want to buy it. But if you just go to loveworthmaking.com, that'll do it. Okay, is that uh, a good place to go to find more out and find out more about you or uh, some of the ther- your therapy practice and the resources you offer? Or, uh... Uh, for me, it's easy. You just uh, go to loveworthmaking.com, and there'll probably be a link back to my main website or just oh, okay. Stephen Snyder, MD. There are only two Stephen Snyder's, MD, who are on the web. One is me, and the other is a soldier, a shoulder surgeon in uh, Los Angeles. So it's 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 it's, it's not <laughs> not so easy not so easy to confuse us, you know. No. We, <laughs> okay, well, uh, love, uh, loveworthmaking.com is pretty easy to remember. That's so the that, only uh, thing you need to remember. 
Okay, well, the sad truth, and a lot of folks like you and me at middle age are so distracted by our careers, raising our families and contributing to our communities, that our mm-hmm. relationship with a spouse and long-term partner is like living with our brother or sister. And having said that, that we can't fake pleasure. <laughs> we can't have great sex while anticipating no pleasure or gratification exactly. in return. And to sum it all up, to build a mutually fulfilling relationship, including great sex, for the rest of your days, you will need from time to time to set aside that intellect and book learning and become a little bit more selfish and primitive, as Dr. Snyder puts it. Worry less about giving your mate pleasure and have a great time yourself. And in the end, uh, you and your mate will wind up up having a really spontaneous uh, great sex. And never forget the sex act itself, not the end result, is what in, is intended to produce the mutual pleasure. So Absolutely. It's not, it's not the, uh, the end result. The end result or climax, uh, as I put in the book, is uh, just dessert at the end of the meal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, dessert well. is nice. <laughs> Dessert is nice, or as or as a you know a friend of mine in the neighborhood says, you know, I, I like dessert. Yeah, I know, I know you like dessert, but but you know you don't, don't go out first. Yeah, you don't you don't go out just to have dessert. I mean, no. once in a while you might, but but you don't want to make a habit of it, or you'll end up hungry. Well, if you would like to bring ridiculously great sex back into your marriage, I highly recommend Dr. Stephen Snyder's highly acclaimed book, Love Worth Making, and it has some very. Uh, strong recommendations on that website that you'll find and uh, also on Amazon it has some really strong uh, recommendations and thank you Dr. Snyder and may your book become the resounding success that it deserves to be. Oh thank you so much it's very kind of you and it's really a pleasure having me on the show and uh, anytime you want to talk more about it uh, feel, uh, feel free I'd love to come back. Well that's great and listeners this is a great season of the year for you and your mate Uh, for life to become a little bit primitive in love. Uh, So go out and have some fun. And goodbye for now from middle age can be your best age. Well, we are fast approaching the April 16th deadline for filing 2017 federal taxes. Have you filed your taxes yet? Well, if you haven't, or even if you have, you will want to pay close attention to my next guest, acclaimed tax expert Martha O'Gorman, And she's here to talk about one tax mistake that could cost you thousands and several potential 2017 deductions that you may have overlooked. And moving beyond 2017, we'll also talk about important changes in the new tax law that will impact your personal taxes owed in 2018 and beyond. And Martha O'Gorman is a veteran tax pro who worked for Jackson Hewitt Tax Service before she co-founded her present company, Liberty Tax, in 1980, or 1997, and she's currently Chief Marketing Officer of Liberty Tax, an established tax advisory company with more than 4,000 locations across the U.S. and Canada, and we're indeed pleased to have her with us here today. Hello, Martha O'Gorman, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thank you very much. Ple- pleasure to be with you today. Well, to begin, I'm really uh, <laughs> wondering what that is. What's that one big mistake that could cost you and me uh, thousands of unnecessary 2017 taxes? Well, actually, it's something that's been around for quite some time, actually since the 70s, um, and it's called the Earned Income Tax Credit. And about 20% of the people who are eligible for it don't claim it. 
according to the IRS. And so that means millions of taxpayers are not taking advantage of this valuable credit. And what happens is that people, um, you know, look at it as as a um, as a as a welfare program, yeah. and it's really not. It's to help people not only if they if they are um, you know in a low income bracket and have a lot of kids, but it's yeah. also for people who experience some change in their life and yeah. it lowers their income significantly, and they don't think to look at the earned income tax credit as a possibility for them. And so what we encourage people to do is if you've had a significant shift in your income, it's something that you should really consider. And and, and one of the things most relevant to this is that the victims of Hurricane Harvey oh, and Irma and Maria could qualify yeah. for the earned income tax credit. Well, how do you, how do you uh, determine if you're qualified or not? I mean, is, is it real complicated or... Uh... Well, you know, I think it is for for most people um, because it, it, it requires additional forms and it also requires additional calculations based upon your income. And there's all kinds of tiers. So, you know, if you're single, it's it's fourteen thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars, and so you know, the, there's lots of different tiers which yeah. you know we we really don't need to go into because it's it's you know it's available on yeah. the IRS website but the reason that um people don't qualify or don't use it I should say yeah. is because of that complication and not understanding what the law is and the way you can figure it out and I and I will say this about liberty is that we are um you know available to help people yeah. understand what they do when they don't qualify for because yeah. I know a lot of people will go online to some of the um online tax um uh, programs and they get into the middle of it and they and they just don't understand and yeah. so you know answering the questions that you know are in a decision tree software like most of the companies use these days um, really can help you along the process but if you really want to know um, for sure if it's being done right you need to seek the advice of a tax professional yeah and, that's, that's um, a good idea you know right and and especially if it's your first time doing it yeah well, I remember way back when I was uh, lost my job and I was looking for a new job, and uh, I wondered whether I should uh, research that earned income tax credit, and my pride sort of kept me from doing it. And mm -hmm. looking back, obviously, if I would have qualified, it was pretty stupid that, that I didn't look at that. But, uh, right. Well, you know, I will tell you this: that you know, and you bring up a good point that uh, you know most of the most of the mistakes that are made on a tax return are more um, because folks are afraid that they're not doing the right thing. Yeah. Now, I, I understand in your case that may, that may not be the situation, but a lot of people will overlook deductions and not claim certain things because yeah. they're afraid that they're not doing it right or or you know that it's that it's going to trigger an audit, whatever yeah. the case may be. Well, you uh, mentioned a, a, like a top ten list of. Uh, overlooked deductions and so many of us overlook major uh, deductions which lead us to pay too much in taxes more than we're legally required to pay we don't have time to go through all 10 but you, could you uh, like highlight three or four of the most common overlooked deductions that uh, so many folks fail to claim I sure can and one of the things that I think most people uh, are are guilty of 
not doing is if they are self-employed is making sure that they do all of the things that they're entitled to. And part of that has to do with how they set up their corporations or their um, subchapter S or their LLC. So one of the things I want to talk about is making sure that if you are self-employed or if you do have uh, income outside of your W-2 that you look at all of the things that are available to you because um, so many people don't think about um, possibly the timing or the shifting of income that, that may come along with being self-employed. And so we want them to to make sure that they look at how they're earning their income um, for those particular kinds of jobs across the um, across the the year, as opposed to waiting till the end of the year and shoving all your receipts into a shoebox and bringing them into your tax preparer, because uh, yeah, that's not the way to get the like, most money back. <laughs> like you can even deduct uh, a portion of your uh, area in your home, uh, you sure expenses can. of your home, if you work out of your home for things like that's that. That's exactly right. So your, you know, it, office and home deduction is is yeah. one that's very popular, and and most people, you know, do have some space set aside for that and what I what I would say about that is make sure that it is used um exclusively for the purpose of that business yeah. and then um you know do the calculations on what kind of a deduction that would give you um or expense against your against your income. Yeah. Well, lots of folks have already filed their 2017 uh, 1040s. Uh, what if they now discover some deductions that they miss? They uh, they do some research or go to you and uh, can they still uh, file a, an amended return at this point once you filed or or is it too late? Yeah. No, no, no. You can st- even even during the filing season, you can go, you can go ahead and file um, an amended return. And glad you brought that up because with tax reform, yeah. it. It also um, gave some um, extenders to things that were due to expire, and so there's there's a a number of different tax extenders that are out there um, that um, people need to to look at if they you know I think one of them is the energy credit and um, there's there's things that you know you may not have claimed on your 2017 return that you can now go back and amend it to um, to include those extenders. Well, you, you mentioned the new tax law, and uh, I'd like to turn to that uh, with this, uh, so we can talk about how the federal tax law may impact our personal tax burden in 2018 and beyond. And I'd like to begin with the most important changes. Are there any changes to tax brackets and tax rates within brackets? I know there were, but uh, could you summarize what those were? Sure. Well, I I can't go into the numbers because you know there's a there's a wide range of things that are yeah. included there. But what I will what I will say is that the um, raising of the standard deduction for uh, virtually every filing status yeah. um, will will pretty much. Um, knock out your need to file a Schedule A. So your charitable contributions, your medical contributions, if you qualify, all of the things that are on the Schedule A, your mortgage interest, things of that nature. Um, I know a lot of people are, are worried about their state taxes and their property taxes, um, but the the, the um, ceilings are significantly higher, obviously, I know. than, than they have been. For couples, I think the, the 
standard deduction is now like over $24,000 or something mm-hmm. like that. And it uh, is. And that was about what my itemized deductions were last year, so it should be mm-hmm. a, a lot simpler from now on. A wash, yeah, it should. Yeah, you don't you don't have to keep well, you don't have to keep worrying about you know, am I getting am I getting all my you know statements to you know to claim my um, mortgage and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But and and it's supposed to simplify the tax preparation process, which um, in theory I think it will. <laughs> yeah. I always I'm doubtful whenever they say that uh, something the government has to do with has been simplified. <laughs> I'll wait to see yeah. what the form is. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> but, point. <laughs> are there any, uh, are there, uh, for those that uh, still will itemize deductions, are there uh, any deductions that were added or uh, uh, what deductions have been eliminated, modified, or capped? Is there a significant change to that other than the I, you know I, d- I don't I don't really have you know um, a handle on that and I, I think see. that that's a problem because I I do believe that as we go through this process and we start to do more research on exactly what the law includes I have a copy of the bill yeah. and it's it's like. I don't know, 1,200 pages, something like that. So one of the things that they did, which is really interesting, anybody that's that's, um, interested in looking at it, is they went back and for all of the changes, they showed the the House proposed change, the Senate proposed change, and then what the change is actually going to be. And that's that's a good that's a good part of the of the document. But um, you know, there's not a lot of people out there who are really interested in delving into that. But as tax preparers, um, we do have to do that so that we can update our software and make sure that uh, when people start coming in and asking questions, that we can answer them but I do believe that anybody right now should be looking at their W-2s and um, making adjustments if they haven't already been made. Now, I know a lot yeah. of the payroll companies have already done that, uh, you know, kind of in response to this, but there may be some people that just don't, you know, don't know and and may want to make some adjustments so they're not, they're not surprised. Yeah, I, I certainly would uh, want to deal with a tax expert given the uh the change in the tax law and everything. And I like on your libertytax.com uh, webpage or website, you have this statement, life is short, let us handle the taxes. And should listeners wish to take you up on that offer, you have more than 4,000 <laughs> office locations. How best can a listener uh, locate the uh, Liberty Tax Office nearest to them? Well, it's really quite simple. If you go to our website, LibertyTax.com. There's a button there for you to find a location, and it will take you to a page, and you put in your zip code, and it'll show you two or three offices that are that are close to you. And then once you go to the office that you want to choose, it will allow you to request an appointment. Um, Uh, Please give us a brief summary of the tax services that Liberty Tax offers. I know you have a number of services that you. uh... We sure do. We know we we do full um, tax preparation for individuals, um, every filing status. We do um, corporations. We do partnerships. And um, there's many of our offices who um, can do 1120s's and and you know all of the things that uh, that a that a tax preparer yeah. should be handling. 
But we also do something unique, I think, in that we, we do provide people who do not have a Social Security number. We will prov- provide a free identi- uh, identification number for them. It's called an ITIN. And that's something that people, I think, will be interested in as we get into you know more and more about immigration reform because yeah. um, people who are filing taxes, even if they're not, they don't have a social security number, are going to be considered first for that particular um, benefit. I was uh, fascinated. You also though have an online filing service for the do-it-yourself types. That uh, don't you have some software that uh, you sure do people mm-hmm. can access. Yeah, so we we have our Liberty Online, and the reason that we do that is because we realize that, you know, some people want to file online, and and we're all about that. So we make our software available and, you know, at at a very significantly reduced cost to what it would would be if you came into one of our offices. And um, if you do get into it and you get stuck, our office would be able to pull up the tax return that you've already started and help you get through it. So, yeah, I thought you know, that we, was really fascinating, the way uh, you get all stuck in the middle of your uh, online process, yeah. and you can coordinate right in with one of the nearest office, and uh, they can do absolutely. it for you you can't do it yourself. Yeah, and it's a surprising number of people that actually do come in after they've already started a return. So, um, you know, we know that there are people out there that would like to be able to to prepare their own return, but if not, we're more than happy to help. Well, your LibertyTax.com promises guarantees you love. Can you briefly describe these two main guarantees that uh, you give customers to your uh, tax return services? Sure. Well, we guarantee accuracy and we guarantee uh, convenience, and we also guarantee a great experience in the office. And I think that that's one of the things that people are people are looking for is you know they want their tax preparer to you know to to show them that they care. I notice you also uh, guarantee a maximum refund if you file online and get a bigger refund at the same return with a competitor. You'll refund the preparation fees. I noticed that was another guarantee. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, if if you if you can get a bigger refund, um then you know, we will absolutely re- refund the the fees because well, that's great. You On your website you back. promise uh, transparent yep. pricing. What does that mean exactly? So, so I, it I means that we, you know, know what we what you what you what you see is what you get. I yeah. mean, we don't we don't upcharge on you know different things. If it says yeah. you know we, that the tax return is free and then we yeah. charge fourteen ninety five or whatever for the state, yeah. you know all those fees are there. Yeah. No, that's great to know. And now one final question: We are rapidly nearing the April sixteenth deadline. I guess it's the sixteenth because the fifteenth is on a Sunday this year. But uh, yeah. is it still is there still enough time to visit a Liberty Tax location or access your software? Uh, and still file taxes on time. Is that possible at this point? As of today, it sure is because um, you know we're we're open nine to nine Monday through Friday and and um, um, nine to five on Saturday, and some oh. offices are even open on Sunday. Oh, but the the the, ma- the course of the matter is is that the sooner you get in, the less anxiety you're going to have. And if you wait till the fifteenth or the sixteenth, you're going to be one of those people that's like you know pacing the floor to yeah. make sure that the button gets pressed before midnight. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so I remember we, the old we, days before the internet when people would be lined up at the downtown <laughs> post office. With yeah, Those that doesn't happen anymore. anymore. I'm sure the the postal workers are happy about yeah. that, that they don't have to stay up until midnight now to get those postmarks on there. Well, in conclusion, I love the promise on the LibertyTax.com website, you do life, we do taxes. With all the stress and complexity of modern living, it certainly makes no sense to add to your stress, tearing your hair out, trying to complete the annual <laughs> Form 1040 and all those crazy attachments, schedules A, B, D, C, and D. <laughs> Not The alphabet. Mention. Yeah, not to mention forms 89, 49, and 1116, and I had to include all those on my 2016 return. I haven't done my 2017 taxes yet. And then who knows, we may even need to calculate your alternative minimum tax, which is never any fun. That's right. The government That's not promises, a good one. <laughs> no, it isn't at all. The pro- government promises the process will be simpler in the tax year 2018 and beyond, but I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> right. anything the government, has anything ever gotten simpler with the government? Not in my memory. but uh, Right. Who, who well, wants? that's one of the things we tell people is they say, well, what about a flat tax? And, and that's just <laughs> never going to happen. Nothing no. that is simple is there. Yeah. Well, who wants to spend the early days of spring cramming for taxes? And how exactly. in the world can an amateur <laughs> like you and me keep up with uh, and take advantage of every single deduction? And That's if you right. get to file your 2017 personal income or small business taxes, I highly recommend you visit LibertyTax.com and explore their options. And uh, personally, I especially like that idea of their software for do-it-yourself on mm-hmm. t- online filing. And then uh, if you need to, you can visit the nearest office to uh, to help you out. And I want to thank you, uh, Martha O'Gorman, for your most informative interview and best of success to Liberty Tax, both this year and going forward. Well, thank you so much for having me. And that's our program for today. Be certain to tune in next week when our guest will inspire us to overcome dysfunction and take control. And thank you again from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, Middle Age renewal.com.